Yeah. Enjoy the show, plant a seed and watch it grow. Hold on. Enjoy the show, plant a seed and watch it grow. Hey. Purple flowers. Purple flowers. Hey. Ten Daniels, train flowers. Prince of hoops. Exclusive news on all the youth. Yeah, we got the juice. Fresh press on all teams and all the schools. I'm about to tell you what to do and show you how to move. Keep you informed of Hooper's on, who the new LeBron. Why you ask if you already know it? You already know it. If you inform the new LeBron, I'm a unicorn. Pass the torch and let me keep it going. Let me keep it going. I'm just saying what I see before I go to the league. Trendsetter in this hoop community. Hey, I'm just saying what I see before I go to the league. Trendsetter in the hoop community. Purple flowers. Hey, oh, purple flowers. Enjoy the show, plant the seed and watch it grow. Enjoy the show, plant the seed and watch it grow. Hey, enjoy the show, plant the seed and watch it grow. Press a hoop, we got the juice, and all the news. Press a hoop, we got the juice, and all the news. Uh. Purple flowers. What's up, everybody? How we doing? Welcome to episode three of Prince of Hoop. Tim Dandrew here, as always, with Trent Flowers, University of Liverpool commit of the 2023 class. What's up, pal? No, much. What's going on with you? I'm I'm hanging in there, man. Um, our brackets, uh, our picks ended up. Um, I gotta say, I did give UConn some love. I didn't pick did. them to win. You did. But I did give them some love. So. Yeah. I feel good about that, but you yeah. also gave San Diego State some love, and I did not. So me and my mom were sitting on the couch, and we were like, "Me and Tim didn't do too well with the brackets, but yeah, uh, it was it was a good one, you know, like between Creighton and the San Diego State game with that floater at the end, Creighton barely missing the Final Four by what a second, yeah, and then um, I mean UConn played. Who did who did UConn play in the uh oh Miami? Mm-hmm. UConn played Miami. I mean, I knew we all knew UConn was gonna win just because they had been rolling up to that point. But UConn, yeah. UConn San Diego State was very very interesting. UConn was so I don't know if I've ever seen a team run through like maybe Anthony Davis's Kentucky team, but I've never seen a team just run through the tournament. So actually, 2013 Louisville they were pretty incredible they were, they were. um yeah with peyton siva and sure. uh, a couple of those guys they were for they sure. were really good i mean um, with, Ke- with kevin Ware having an injury they were super motivated too to go yeah. out there and get it, to go out there and get it done so yeah so that was uh that was a fun team um and then yeah like i said anthony davis's kentucky team they were pretty pretty impressive but that was like the most dominant tournament i've ever seen a team have it was pretty crazy man they were super deep yeah like, I they they played about nine guys, nine guys that I believe in San Diego State. It's only about six, seven deep. Yeah. And then I was noticing during the game they had they were having, they had no scoring from their bench, no real rebounding, and then you know they played super slow as it is. And UConn was a good defensive was a great defensive team this year. So you know they they struggled. They really did struggle. Yeah, they did, man. Um, they were just you know gotta give Utah. I mean, UConn props. Something popped up in my thing about a Utah about the Jazz game, so I was like, "That's why I said right. Utah." I apologize. Um, but yeah, it's you know we're like getting to the nitty gritty in the NBA right now. So I have my Shams like quote tweet like a uh, tweet notifications up, and it pops up my laptop because I you know I gotta watch to see what the Lakers are gonna do because they're on this crazy run right now, uh, which has been really fun. But 
Hey, man, uh, before we get into our big topic for today, there's one thing I wanted to touch with you on uh, that I think is really cool. So I'm sure you probably didn't know this yet because I know you're not into it as much as I am. Okay. But Tops is officially getting back NBA trading cards into 2023-24 season. And then now Tops also has a deal with college basketball athletes where you know they, I sent you the things of Amari, the McDonald's yes, All-American cards. McDonald's All-American. And then, uh, you know, now they have the deal with all the schools where, like, they can put the school's name and the logo and players and stuff on there. So, right, you're going to have tops basketball cards I when am. you're playing ball. And, like, I <laughs> first off, I better get some of yours. Like, I got you. I got that's you. Ca- that's got to happen. But kind of really, like, a, like, I've been collecting cards my whole life. Um, I love tops basketball. I missed it for about seven, eight years. Pretty cool that like you're gonna you're gonna be part of the group that brings tops basketball back. It is, it is. You know the trading cards. You know kids love them, and then also adults. You know they're 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 collectors items. Really, you know they're timeless, mm-hmm. and you know to be able to be on something like that is gonna be a blessing. So you know I'm super excited, and you know when I get some, I'm for sure I gotta send you some. You know, <laughs> maybe yeah, autograph it. Maybe autograph a couple too. So. Yeah, I'll buy definitely boxes looking for you, obviously. But uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Even though you're my boy, uh, and I could just call you for. It. But yeah, I mean, I've been collecting. Like I said, if you look behind me, I've got a ton here. Um, so I've been collecting my whole life, and I love it. So I'm excited for it. It's gonna be really neat. I thought it was cool starting with the Wembeyama class. You know, the guy that everyone wants to get their hands on. So for sure. Um, but what today's... You... go ahead. I'm sorry. What are what are some of your your uh, favorite pieces that you Ooh, have? Man, so. Um, Think, what year were you born? Oh, three? Five. Oh, five. Oh, my God. I was a freshman yeah. in high school. Okay. So, LeBron's rookie year, they did this whole box set strictly for him with Upper Deck. Um, and it was just like, it was called like Timeless Beginnings. Um, so, I've got like a few of them. They're very, very pricey. Very, very hard to get your hands on. Um, I've been lucky to get my hands on a couple of them. I've got about three or four of them. I've got four or five LeBron rookies. I don't have the... LeBron rookie, which is his draft picture for the tops, the tops one where he's holding the jersey. Um, I've not been able to track that one down at a comfortable price that I wouldn't get divorced over. Um, and then I have a Penny Hardaway autograph card. Penny's my favorite basketball player of all time, so that's a bit something I'm very proud of. Today's topic we want to get into is kind of one that's really big right now, and I thought would be a really good conversation. Um, it's about really now, like that we have all these different options for players in your stature right players who can go to college players can go to the g league players can go to overtime elite they can go overseas we're seeing this a lot more and you're seeing different players take advantage of all different circumstances right like you're doing the college thing uh you know obviously scoot henderson playing in a g league ignite jalen green did it jonathan kuminga um or just to name a few you know the thompson twins who are two top five picks in this draft coming up uh, are playing in the overtime elites. Uh, Lamella Ball is obviously well known for skipping college and going to play overseas at um, in uh, Australia. Yes, so sir. there's a bunch of different circumstances now for players of your stature uh, that can kind of go into these different things. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk about just the benefits of all of these specifically, and you know what kind of jumps out to you. So for you, you know. Did you, you know, did you and your parents, when these options were coming up, were these things you guys discussed? Was college always like a hundred percent the idea or did you guys consider G league? Did you guys consider overtime elite? Man, it's crazy. You know, uh, being in Georgia, you know, growing up in Georgia, 
Overtime kind of came at me hard, you know, wanted me to join the league, you know, from day one when they first started it. Um, you know, also with the league thing, you know, I was, I have, I had that option, you know, if I wanted to, you know, to be inter interested in G League. You know, me and my, and then it's one of those things that my parents always told me, like, go to college, go to like, once you're a pro, you're a pro. So for me, you know, college was a no brand, or, you know, you get to build your fans, playing community and great fans. And I just felt that college is best for me to go to college. You know, the pro route is a great route, and, you know, other people, depending on what your school is. But personally, in my situation, you know, it could have or couldn't have been. So, you know, I'm happy with choosing the college route. But, I mean, I think they're all great routes. So, you said, you know, obviously where you grew up, overtime elites very prominent in that area. Um, when they talk to you, when they came to you, yeah, when they come to you and say, like, hey, we have this league. Um, we just, you know, put a, had a first rounder. We're going to have two top five picks in this draft coming up. What's the conversation like? Like, what are they telling you that you're allowed to tell us, of course? Of like, what was, what was that conversation as far as did they give you the structure of what it's going to be like? Tell you, like, what it's going to be like on your day, every day, you know, how yeah. it is, kind of like what it is. Between overtime elite is, you know, me personally, I believe they do have pros. As far as being a pro league, the only reason I wouldn't really consider it, you could still play against school basketball players that aren't getting paid to play, and you know it could show. So that's I would say that. But you know, overtime has I believe they have six teams in their league. out of the country this play during the summertime, kind of like a college foreign tour if they're going to play against other pro teams. They have things like that. And then they also put out there. It's kind of like basically what they can provide you with and provide you with and what they can do to help build your brand because, you know, overtime is a, it's a, it's a big brand company. And then, you know, also just showing your NBA and kind of like, you know, just we're going to working out on a day-to-day -day basis, pre-draft stuff like that. So it's kind of like pre-preparation. Yeah, I can see that. And that makes sense. Um, and I, I think like the idea of it is almost like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It's almost like they're building like a factory of the future for practical prospects. That's it's kind of like for, their, for, their game plan. For, for sure. Yeah, and it's a great idea, um, you know, and it's something that really stands out. And like you said, like, kind of having that option is a cool option. Um, what about Ignite? So, you know, you said, like, you had the option. Um, you guys, you definitely ended up kind of deciding college was best for you. And, um, you know, obviously, understandably, especially after the time I spent with your family, talking about your education and stuff, I could really see how much that was important to everybody. And that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Um yes, but like, and you know, like Jalen Green absolutely made a ton of sense to go to G League Ignite. Uh, Scoot Henderson had a chance to do it for two years. He's the first guy to do two years there. Um, so that makes sense. Um, but like, you know, when they kind of, when the, you know, did you kind of get an idea of like that conversation of what that process was like? Because I know it's basically like 
you're training with the NBA guys. You have former NBA players as teammates in that time frame to help you prepare for the league. And you have NBA players as coaches and stuff like that. Uh, but did, did they kind of talk to you about what that program would be like necessarily if you went that route? Uh, kind of not really. You know, I, I I really didn't look too big into it, um, you know, just because college was really on my mind at the end of the day. But, you know, from what I do know, you know, I know guys like Lennon Johnson uh, scoot a little bit. You know, it's a it's a it's a great program. Um, you know, you you have it that I believe it came some have been playing playing down in the G League mm-hmm. on the team. You know, they have great trainers, great coaches. Um, so I mean, the Ignite was a great program. You know, for someone like Jalen Green, he was. Um, he would have built his fan base more, and you know, he would have became you know a, a big name playing in college. But at the end of the day, like he wasn't really the type of kid that needed that, you know, for where his game was at the time. But kind of where high school basketball was going, and it being G League Ignite's first program, and then you got dudes like Jonathan Kaminga, Jason Nix, and then Isaiah Todd also there too. Yeah. So you know that's that's all I really that's all really I can say on it. But you know, I personally, it's a great program, and you know, guys to the league and make sure they're successful pros. I think the thing for me, and obviously, I'm not anywhere near that situation that I always kind of jumped out to be about ignite compared to like your situation. Um, you know, it's cool because you are getting this situation where you, like I said, we're around got you're around players who played in the league for a long time, like Jalen Green had Jared Jack on his team. You know, yeah. who's obviously right. a while, been around for a long time. That's great. That's absolutely great. For sure. But for sure, you know, you're if you're playing in an NBA arena, you're playing at one o'clock in the afternoon. The NBA team has a game that night at eight o'clock, so no one's going to your game. You're not playing in front of a big crowd. You're not really on television. You're on ESPN Plus, which is very hard exactly. to track down at times. Um, and so for you, in a situation where it's like obviously, like you know, the Yum Center is one of the, the probably the greatest arena I've ever worked besides Madison square garden. Um, and so like, you know, that I think I'm sure had to play a part of like, yeah, you know, like I'm going to play in these hostile crowds. You know, we talked, like we talked about in the first episode, like you're going to play in Cameron, you're going to play in Chapel Hill. Like, you know, if you go straight to the G league situation, yeah, you get all these benefits and all these pluses, but you're also playing in front of nobody some nights. Right. And, you know, step one the- NBA, you know, NBA arena is going to have 18, 19, 20, 21, 22,000, you know, fans in the arena, you know, that's, it's not really a big jump when you're, when you're a basketball player, but at times it could be overwhelmed, overwhelmed with just playing it myself and just, so, you know, it's kind of like another part of the preparation piece that helps with playing college basketball, you know, college basketball, you're going to play against the most hostile crowds. Um, you're going to play against some great teams teams and then also it's 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 really no school at the same time and you know be able to and and enjoy uh, you know you you have yeah i think too like there was some talk at the beginning for brawny and i know he's gonna be in his we talked about a lot especially in this next year um about you know his different ideas and like you know his was needed was brought up for ignite he was a guy that was brought up for over time but he's going to college and he's going to do a year and he hasn't picked where he's going to school yet but seeing how much he grew from junior year to senior year of high school 
was already impressive to see what he's going to do that freshman year in college because of the player he's becoming and going to that circumstance, I think is going to make him better than if you went to one of those situations. I thought Ignite was never a good idea for Bronny. Um, so I always thought like going to you know college, which it sounds like like it's between USC and Oregon. There's no one that's 100% confirmed that. But I thought, I think for him, you know, I thought it was, I think it's great he's going to college. I think it's great for college basketball that he's going to college. I totally I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Did you see him in the McDonald's game, by the way? Oh, my God. I did. I did. Four, six, five, five, six, three-point line. You know, it was passing the ball well. You know, that's what Bronny does. So, I'm not really surprised by, you know, playing alongside him and being able to see him. But, you know, he's gone out here and, you know, he really shut up everybody that's trying to hate on him. You know, I couldn't be more proud. Did you – um? Did you watch Reed Shepard in the McDonald's game and be like, I got that guy next year? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did. I, it, it's crazy. You know, I watched um, I watched the whole time McDonald's All-American game. You know, I seen all the Kentucky boys, and, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. It's going to. Reed is a clip. <laughs> yeah. He's good. He is. Yeah, I uh, his yes. dad was played at Kentucky when I was a kid, so it was like when we saw he was coming up, we kind of all figured that was going to be like a legacy thing. But I think he's going to end up being better than his dad, and that's you know his dad in college was pretty incredible. I think so. I also noticed his mom played, I believe, at Kentucky too. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's super cool. You know, knowing that your mom and dad, you know, is is going to you know the same school that you, that you're going to, so. For him, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting, you know, if he has his own kids and if they end up going to Kentucky too. So yeah, that'd be kind of cool to see. But you know, I like that they it's kept like the, it within the family. It's like the Plumleys at Duke. It's like, are you guys all going? Where are you guys going? All right, Duke. All right, cool. <laughs> For sure. Um, so the other option, obviously, there is um, overseas, which we've seen. I don't want to be insulting when I say we've seen mixed reviews. We've seen mixed results, I should say. Um, you know, obviously, LaMelo, we all knew how good of a basketball player he was. Sure. You know, before, when he went over there, we knew the passing game, we knew the shooting ability. Um, but a guy like RJ Hampton, who we all thought was going to Kansas, like it was like we all thought he was going to Kansas. And then last minute, he's like, I'm going overseas. I'm going to play in New Zealand with the Breakers. He, he also reclassified too, right? No, he did. Yeah. He, reclass- he reclassified and decided to go overseas. So, <laughs> Yeah, and this isn't me to knock his decision. That's not my intent here. But when he goes to the NBA, I feel like he was not as prepared as he would have been if he went with his original game plan. I like him as a player. I think he really could have fit in with that or- with, Orla- with Orlando's building. Like, you see what they've done in their player development with guys like Bull and Markel. Um, but, you know, for them... That conversation is always a unique one, too, because like LaMelo's was a little different. Obviously, no one knew if he was going to be eligible because NIL wasn't a thing at that time. There was a lot of question right. marks there. Allegedly, of course, I should say. Um, but, he, you know. Yeah, it was it was crazy. LaMelo wasn't even getting ranked. He wasn't eligible for the McDonald's, McDonald's game, Jordan Brand. He could have participated in anything. So, you know, at the end of the day, for his circumstances, like when I said it all comes down to situations, for his situation, no G League Ignite. Um, or 
Yeah, no G League. There was no G League yet. at that time, right? So the NBL was the best option in his situation, in my opinion. But um, RJ Hampton, I believe, not so much really where his game was at at the time. And I felt that like he could have used one more year and, you know, decided to go to college. And I think he would have ended up being a lottery pick if he did that. So I did too. Like he's, I mean, he's good. He's he really is. talented. So it wasn't like, but it's just over there. And like, I'm not do- like, obviously like that Australian league, like you see guys, like you see those guys come over all the time, be successful in the NBA. Um, but you know, that was something where I thought he really would have really gelled really well, especially if he had gone to Kansas and played with Bill self. Um, like we talked, like he had talked about, I thought that would have been huge for him. And I believe he, he wasn't even really playing that much either. No, you know, he wasn't really the go-to guy on his team. He didn't really have the ball in his hands like that versus somebody like LaMelo. You know, he probably, you know, the role that LaMelo had to play in RJ was two different type of roles on their team. So, you know, LaMelo was able to showcase, you know, a little bit more. But it was, I mean, at the end of the day, he's still in the NBA and it worked out. So, um, right. you know, you can't right. hate on the plan. No, no, not at all. I completely agree with you. Um yeah, so I think like, you know, like we said, all these options, we're not saying one's right or wrong, but the idea of this conversation was to kind of say like, you know, why we kind of, why these are options and why they're beneficial for so many different people. And like you said, like your situation is so different than LaMelo Ball's. Your situation is different than Jonathan Kaminga's. Um, and that's great, you know, and it's those guys, it was great for them too. So, you know, and then in your case too, you had the benefit of, reclassifying and that's another thing where we have seen some situations are really really good and some situations are really really rough and again this is not us picking on players we're not here to talk bad about these guys i know but these are things that have happened so you look at jalen duran all right who, who was awesome his one year in college was super good and looks all the part of a really good NBA center right now. Now he's, he's playing really well right now. So. Yeah. I am a huge Jalen Duran fan. I saw him in person last year when Memphis played at Cincinnati. And I've seen athletic dudes play basketball before. Don't get me wrong, obviously. But he was in another level of Man. what he – like he could grab the ball from the top of the board. Like he could push his, the ball. His size, his strength, and his athleticism – you know, and to be able to move so well, as big as he is, is super special. So that's why, like, him dominating right now is really no surprise. Like, I remember going to, I remember going to Peach Jam and watching Jalen Duran play, and I was like, wow. And I was a freshman in high school at the time, sophomore, freshman, so. He, uh, yeah, he was, he was just, he's just different. And, like, but on his same team was Amani. And I don't know how you feel. I personally love Amani. Um, I know he's a little goofy and I know he has some really interesting shot selections at times, but he's a guy that like, if you're like flipping through and he's on TV, you're like, you stop just to see like, what's he done? Like how many shots has he taken? Um, He's, he's entertainment. And I don't know, you know, but I thought that that year in Memphis and, you know, obviously he transferred, to uh sent to eastern michigan i thought really was disappointing and for him it's a little different than everyone else we're talking about in this conversation too right because he was on the cover of sports illustrated he was donned he was compared to kevin durant in high school um so but this is it's kind of the point we're making here 
is it's a thing of mixed bags of what's going to happen to these guys. So for you with reclassifying, you know, does that conversation kind of come up? Like for you, like how do you prepare for knowing like how physical it's going to be? Cause you're supposed to be a senior in high school and you're going to be playing against Robert Dillingham one game next year. For sure. Like, man, it's, it's really crazy, you know, just um, being on my Instagram, my phone, you know, and, you know, maybe just might pop on Twitter and somebody's like, at Flowers Trenton, <laughs> reclassifying, question mark, question mark. Like, why would he do that? And then you read some of the lists, you see all the good, and then you see the bad. But then, you know, you have to really take it all together. You know, like like I said, it all comes down to situations. You know, with, with, with my mom and dad, you know, they've well prepared me, you know, so good. Um, you know, my mom, she wanted to make sure that, you know, my school was all good. And, you know, I went ahead and knocked that out by myself this year and was able to get it all done on time. You know, my dad, he's been preparing me and training me since I was young, to, you know, basically for this moment in these situations. And, you know, just really just talking it over with everybody. And we felt I was we, we felt I was ready, you know, like when it came to preparing, you know, I've been doing this my whole entire life. Um, my freshman year, I played up when I was a 15 you played up 17 youth. So I played against, you know, like um, Derek Whitehead, Dylan Mitchell. Um, Bryce Sensabot, that's at, uh, I believe, Ohio State. Mm -hmm. You know, so I played multiple lottery picks in this draft or dudes that are going to go top 20 or probably even in the second round. Like, I played everybody from everywhere, you know, for my whole entire high school career now. So, you know, just really looking at that, you know, I feel like I can compete with these dudes. You know, that's no problem. Like, if you were stuck me in the 2022 draft class, I felt like I would have held my own too. So, you know, me personally, I've been at this for so long, like, it's really no different. You know, if I was playing my age level and, you know, I didn't really feel that my game was mature and, you know, I didn't play a certain way, I would have never made this decision. But just the way I've been raised, the way my dad taught me to play the game of basketball, you know, all the coaches I've been around, the situations I've been in, you know, I feel like it's really bettered me and prepared me to, you know, be able to go and play college basketball, basketball my freshman year. So, you know, I'm super excited and, you know, I feel like I'm going to turn a lot of heads and I'm going to show people what I really can do. And, you know, this isn't a, you know, a story gone wrong. So not at all. No, we're not trying to paint it that way by any way, shape or form. I think for you, one of the things that's really beneficial, um, and this is just me kind of talking from the outside looking in, is you played a few different schools. So you played a ton of really good competition. I mean, just for now sure. Combine Academy, you guys were a top 20 team in high for school sure. in the country. You know, you did a year at Sierra Canyon. You saw what that's like. You saw you played with those kids. Hunters like of prep. Hunters of prep also, prep. which is like an NBA factory. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. You basically went everywhere but Oak Hill Academy. And <laughs> For sure. that's not a bad For sure. thing. For sure. So funny Oak Hill Academy story. Um, OJ Mayo went to Oak Hill Academy, but the year before he played at a school in Cincinnati. Right. And it was a uh, North College Hill. Buddy of mine's the head coach up there. Uh, he wasn't then. Um, but OJ was like, so I'm trying to think. He graduated from high school. You're probably two. This is me showing how old I am compared to you, obviously. OJ's high school mixtape was like what you guys thought LeBron James was in high school. For sure. Like it was unbelievable and like we would like just go drive up there and just go see games for fun just like when we were bored on friday nights 
So that was like the first taste we got of something like that. Bill Walker too was on that team who also played in the NBA. And oh my God, those two dudes like probably have the greatest high school mixtapes I've ever seen. Man, it's crazy. I uh, I was watching the OJ Mayo highlight and he was, it was a championship game. He dunks the ball, takes the ball and just throws it up into the crowd. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like this dude is wild, but. You know, his skill set was amazing. You know, I remember Coach Arkell telling me, you know, he's he was playing against – I forgot who it was, but he he was like, I'm only using my left hand this game. It's seven threes left-handed in the game. And it was something crazy like that. I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> OJ was different. You know, it was kind of sad, you know, the way his NBA career turned out. But, I mean, yeah. that's, that's really another basketball, you know, legend that you could kind of say – so those two and John Wall had the greatest high school mixtapes I've ever seen. Ever. Dude, John ever. Walls is you gotta throw I'm gonna throw Zion in there too. That's fair. I, That's I, fair. I was in class watching Zion, like <laughs> nobody, nobody was doing what Zion was doing. You know, That's... coming through the lane, 360 windmill, and then you run down and block some kids shot to you know the crowd. So yeah, RJ's is uh, RJ's is pretty was pretty solid too for, for from sure. Mumford. Um, sure. I'll tell you who's I fell in love with in this year's draft. I don't know if you you might have played against him at some point. Uh, Cam Whitmore from Villanova. I never really I never got a chance to play against him, but I got I did get to we played in the we played in the same tournament and we almost did play each other. So I've got I did get to watch Cam Whitmore. He is like probably one of my favorite prospects in this draft, but his mixtape playing for Carmelo's AAU team is pretty insane. Man, I've seen a couple like double jumps, like he'll miss, he's missing at the rim, and he just jumps up right away and puts it back one, one, two hand. <laughs> yeah. Over three people in the lane. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And I'm a jumper, but to be able to see somebody do that is like, that's different. It is. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think where else we can go with this conversation because I feel like this is fun. You know, at this point, sometimes you just kind of go away from the topic and have a good time. For sure. Um, yeah, so those dudes, like, and I think that's kind of goes back to the point of just these special talents and things like that. Um, kind of thing, but since you said you played against all these guys, I'm probably going to have to get you on the draft show soon so you can kind of help us with that conversation. So I, I, I want to pick your brain real quick, you know, speaking about okay. that. So if you were an elite athlete today, what, what route would you choose? Hmm. You're far more of a patient human being than I am. So I think I would, I would be back and forth between Ignite and college, I think. Uh, so like, you know, if you play 2K, you have the whole My, my Rise thing where you can pick like. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I've done like, I've done where I picked the school. Uh, but I've also done actually Louisville's one of the schools you could pick in there. Yeah, growing um, up, I used to choose when I would hop on like 2K 16, 17, it was between UConn and Louisville. So. Yep. Same. So. I always picked UConn because I always liked their jerseys. UConn's jerseys were hard, so I always had to choose UConn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. I think I probably I think I would end up at college, but I would definitely think about the Ignite thing for sure. Um but you know, I'm five foot nine, so I don't think the Ignite Food program is exactly calling <laughs> calling me. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. But that is true. That's a good question. Never thought about that. For sure. I said to go by what I did on 2K. So 
about six, 62 points, 11 rebounds, right? Yeah. Assists, <laughs> 73% field, 73% from the field goal, you know, only 2K numbers. So dunking over like Rudy Gobert at five foot nine. Like it had to be the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but with like the stupidest storylines of all time. Man, I can't say what? that you're gonna be you're gonna be in 2K one of these days, so I can't really make fun of it. So <laughs> for for sure. That's the goal. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. It would. I'm yeah. playing I'm playing with my <laughs> I know you're crazy. Mean... <laughs> I'm gonna choose whatever team I play on and use myself. Yeah. There was a Le- LeBron said like when the the Lakers made all these trades, he's like, I played 2K to learn everyone. And like that's how I learned like sets I was and like, stuff. Yeah, I I watched that and he was like, you know, I I uh I use the same offense as the other teams and you know just to see what it would kind of be like in these scenarios. You know, LeBron's mind just to do that is on a different level. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think most people are thinking about using, you know, two K players as, you know, kind of to help with your with the real life game. So Right. I agree. I'm trying to think where I also wanted to touch on this. Um I think I might have hit everything. Is there anything you maybe wanted to add to the conversation as far as talking about the options? No. Okay. Go cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's go, all that matters. Go, go cars. Yeah. How's that? You know, are you guys, uh, have you heard any more from like the, your, your teammates there or anything since, uh, the announcement? I have, you know, I talked to, I've been talking to Sky, um, you know, Dennis, you know, uh, also Caleb Glenn, Curtis, all of them. So, you know, I have to, me and our team, our team actually is starting to, talk a lot good you know they're not even you know really knowing each other they're now trying to come together a little bit so you know it's been good and then you know i've talked to everybody that that's you know staying at louisville so you know i've been able to build relationships with all of them so it's been good yeah i uh my wife and i we uh went down and we opened up my daughter's uh savings account just so we can start putting money away from her for her and um the guy in there that helped us, it was actually a guy my wife used to work with who went to her old bank that she worked at and had a Louisville thing in his office. And I asked if he was like, are you a Louisville alum? He said, yeah. And I said, okay, uh, I actually am helping a kid out. Uh, he's going to be playing basketball at Louisville next year. Trenton Flowers, you know, kind of gave the whole spiel. And he's like, man, we needed that kid. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> man, this, uh, this is kind of just a side note. You know, um, I went to Dreamville this last Saturday concert. So J. Cole brought out Drake, Lil Wayne, Lil Uzi, 21 Savage, you know, all of them. And, you know, I was like, man, you know, I want to go back next year. But the tournament's still on. And I'm like me, you know, being so competitive. Cancel. I feel you. Did you um, did you see Uzi at WrestleMania? No. <laughs> yeah. Uzi is. Yeah, he uh he he played the Usos to the ring. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I think we rocked this out. Uh, thanks again. I know we got this going here. This is uh starting to get a little groove here. I know. Oh, uh, yeah, I always appreciate it, man. So. Uh, we're going to wrap this week's edition up of Prince of Hoop. Uh, thank you guys as always for tuning in and checking us out. I know this means a lot for Trenton and I. Um, if you're just coming across the show for the first time, 
Uh, please subscribe to 40 Minutes Basketball Network on your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, TuneIn. We're on all of them. Give us those nice, solid five-star reviews. It goes a long way to help us out and get us out there in the algorithm. And also, don't forget to buy some merch at 40MinutesBasketballNetwork.MerchMake.com. I got to put together a shirt for me and Trenton. Um, oh, yeah. I got to make sure we get that up there soon. So uh, I thought I had one next to me. I was going to you know, pull it up real quick, self-remote. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I got mine upstairs, too. So I worked at the gym the other day, which for was sure. really goofy when your shirt with your face on it. For you, it's different, obviously. But um, so that was kind of fun. But all right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Have a good night and we'll see you all next week. Sure. Bye.